Hey, Martyr. Oh my God, hi. Listeners want to know what's going on with your love life. Oh my God, don't get me started. These apps have me going crazy. I'm on there for hours, but I can't seem to find a date. Have you heard of Motto? Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with the bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfish after catfish, and I feel like I'm always scrolling the grid. Well, on Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. I love that. Sounds like my kind of app. Get Motto today by going to the link in this episode's description or use invite code ZVOGS when signing up. That's ZVOGS when signing up. Ooh, I think I will. Motto, gay and queer hookups without the nonsense. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Flying. Oh, hi, kids. Hello. Um, I'm Artier. I'm C. Tepper. And this is Wigging It Out. Um, I had to confirm with Caitlin a few times because, as we mentioned <laughs> in every other episode prior to this, uh, we were recording these a little in advance. So, um, but we, we're, I hope we're having a lovely spring. Caitlin is now married officially. <laughs> You're <on> right. <laughs> um, so, congrats. Not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what are we, who are we doing today? What are we talking about? What... So we're, we're traveling across the country again. One of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. We are at New Orleans. Oh my New God. Orleans. NOLA. NOLA. <laughs> With tarot cards. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Cue the tuba music. Yeah, right? <laughs> Bring out the gumbo. I mean, uh, it's really happening right now because, you know, this is the final, final week leading up to Fat Tuesday. And so fans are practicing for big grades. So every, like, it, it's the energy is palpable. It's like very excited. It feels like it's time. So I love a good Mardi Gras moment. So I want to go so bad, but like, I also know it's like insane. So I don't know. (laughs) Like insane. how? (laughs) Just like, absolutely. Like it's just really crowded. Just like chaotic. That's what I mean. The vast majority of stuff is outdoors. So Mm -hmm. you don't really have to worry so much about that but it is like I mean you just I think it's something that everyone should experience at least one time because there's nothing like it anywhere it is just such a like you know universally celebratory like the energy is just everyone's kind of contributing to the same revelry feeling and so it's like elevated and you you can sense it it's like really very cool plus everybody like your neighbor who you were like oh you're boring or whatever they come out on mardi gras day and you're like oh no you're a freak <laughs> and I'm into it. oh my god so, that sounds fun yeah, it's amazing mardi gras day like people really show out and creativity wise but like the looks you know are off the charts 
Sounds so fun. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of New Orleans, um, are you there from there originally? Not originally. I'm actually from Montana, northwestern Montana originally. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I know. Very, you were very like, get different. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I tell this to people all the time. It's the most gorgeous place. Absolutely beautiful. But you know, what it what it has in terms of you know, vistas to offer. It doesn't really have the cultural things that you would be able to have in a city. I mean, you know, there's definitely not enough opportunities. I love your cultural export of Hannah Montana. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) I cannot necessarily claim her, but we will take it. We'll take it. Anything that looks remotely good. (laughs) What was life like growing up there? Um, it was very isolated for me specifically. Um, I grew up with my grandparents and in a neighborhood that there was like only one kid on the street that was my age. And of course, we were immediately best friends because, you know, we lived two doors down. So, um, but yeah, it was um, rural, but gorgeous and I had a very rich inner world. Let's just put it that way. When did you decide to leave Montana? Well, I had gone to college at the University of Montana. And then um, after graduation, I was kind of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I had a, this is a very funny story. I love to tell it. Um, I had a friend that I had met through someone I was dating and she was moving to New Orleans to move in with her let's I don't I don't know how they're related uh, uncle air quote uncle but not like that not in a weird way but like somehow in this Mm -hmm. family but maybe not related Mm -hmm. um anyway this was in 2007 and so it was just like two years after Katrina and um so you know I wasn't like I'm sure anyone else, like anytime you see something tragic on TV, it doesn't necessarily penetrate all the way through to the deepest layer of understanding. And like, it wasn't until I got to New Orleans that I started to really understand like how much of an impact that was. But um, so I had always been fascinated by New Orleans, of course, like most people do too. The glorious writings of Anne Rice, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, come through. And mm-hmm. was just like, oh, you're going to New Orleans? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to move in with my uncle and figure something out. And I was like, I would love to move in with you if that's a thing. And I could just come with you because I'm, I'm ready to go. And we drove to New Orleans. And we were going to get jobs on an oil rig. <laughs> As one does. Because we had convinced ourselves during the car ride, we were like, look, that money. <laughs> yeah. We have a cute, a cute pied a terre. We could have a life, you know, work and then come back and whatever. Um, you know, very ignorant <laughs> to the fact that, well, then you'd be on the ocean with a bunch of roughneck people. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, we were like, we'll work in the food service component. <laughs> so needless to say, we arrive at the um, the offices and the lady's like, 
can I help you? And I was like, yeah, we're looking to get jobs on an oil rig. And she was like, we're not hiring. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it says right here that you are. And she was like, we're not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So bless her for having me dodge that bullet. Cause I yeah, was no. just like super naive about it. Um, yeah. And then I ended up getting a, jab at the oldest italian bakery in the city angelo bricados and that sounds yeah. great mm-hmm. yeah i have an anne rice story sorry you mentioned it no <laughs> oh, i love it i love anne rice and i want all the stories um i briefly dated her assistant her oh um uh assistant like 20 years ago probably but um yeah that's um, amazing. Uh, no, I didn't meet her. This is uh, we started seeing each other after she died. So, oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but R.I.P. Anne. I know he used I'm to like, tell me about dead. stories about her. So she crazy. I know. Well, she did. So <laughs> yeah, she was crazy when she was alive. <laughs> um, love, love a vampire girly. So. Um, anyways, let's get yeah. <laughs> I love vampire shit too. I mean, honestly. Surprise, surprisingly, I'm not too keen on vampires, but I do love me some Anne Rice vampires. Um, they're, oh, yeah. you know, um, we're just getting off of watching, um, what was it? 50 Shades, Caitlin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we watch bit... terrible movies for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, I and... love that. <laughs> We should. You can, we sh- you can be a guest if you want. On the yeah, oh, we'll- I watch a lot of movies, and some of them are awful. <laughs> yeah, no, we we purposely watch terrible movies, and we do just like yeah. commentary over it. Yeah, but we were oh, talking a lot, of, a lot about Twilight, so that's why I'm like getting on the yeah. vampire spiel. Anyways, back to the interview. My secret, secret confession is anytime I am crafting, and I'm like, I should put something on. The it's extended Twilight. version Twilight. of the first Twilight, only yes. number one. Because number one is far superior because Catherine Bigelow. I mean, like, yeah. let's be honest. You mean Catherine I, Hardwick? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's you're, Catherine you're, Bigelow? She's, she's another female director. European gigolo. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she won the Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Hardwick, the European gigolo. Um, sorry, Catherine Hardwick. <laughs> forgive. Good. Forgive and forget. <laughs> forget there there you know there's not too many female directors named Catherine so it's yeah get them yeah yeah but enough about that (laughs) so um how did you get involved in the drag scene in 2016 well I had always been a big drag fan an avid fan of the drags and then um a friend of mine and this was like in 2014 actually um a friend of mine was like oh, one of the vendors at the market is teaching a drag sh- workshop um, and my friend and I are going to take it. You should take it with us. And I was just like a full-time massage therapist at that point. So I was like, oh, I would love to, but I don't have time at all. Um, and so I had gone to their draguation and was like, I absolutely have to do this. And so um, I was able to like, carve away some time to do it a couple of years later and draguated from the cycle for new orleans drag workshop 
and um yeah and that's kind of been ongoing ever since what do they teach you at the drag workshop because i've talked to other people who've done it and all that Mm -hmm. uh well (laughs) depending upon what cycle you're in you maybe got taught something or you didn't Uh, okay (laughs) and that's the tea honey But yeah, I I basically just, you know, performance and embodying your character, you know, coming up with the character and that development, um, working on the act that you're going to do and just like, you know, kind of the basics. It's almost more like it was very theater oriented Mm -hmm. more than anything, like how to, you know, properly lip sync what, you know, we got notes on, you know lip syncs and things like so we would create costume and hair and makeup and yeah so it was mostly just like practicing makeup and learning some of the you know ins and outs that are of the basic kind of get you on the ground running and into the scene kind of thing um yeah uh one of the people that came to the workshop was actually raja and like taught a little you know thing early on, which was really cool and it was great to hang out with Raja because I was just like our love of white wine bonds oh my god me too I've had many a very drunken conversation with Raja yeah they're they're lovely yeah it was just um and forever and ever I you know I was uh listening to them talk about their you know they did a full makeup face and on a on a person in the workshop and I was just like oh I'm using that product forever and I have ever since so thank you Raja for Kevin Aquan's sensual skin enhancer Ooh, that's Raja's like the, it that's gold. my gold standard for my whole face it's just like ah. that's the base baby Ooh. Mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna talk a little bit more about makeup in a little bit <laughs> um how did you end up with your name um well <laughs> so initially i wanted my name to be kindy ipple and i was going to be from an island between australia and new zealand called Dublinda. and (laughs) obviously that would have required a quite a bit of uh, accent work and me to like commit to the shtick of being from like a vague island off of New Zealand and Australia for my entire career. Somebody brought it up and was like, you do realize when people introduce you and look at your name, it's just going to read kindy Ipel. And I was like, Oh, right. (laughs) Kindy Ipel is like, it's if you say it, then it makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So then I was in a panic and had gone out for some drinks with friends and was walking, of course, down the street in New Orleans. And I was just like, it should be something that is like indicative of this place and of my interests. And I am a master of puns. And I was like, oh, my God, tarot cards, like tarot cards. So thus I was born on that (laughs) on that day. Honestly, that really works for that really works for like New Orleans in general. So yeah, sure does. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I know, and I'm like very into the mystic arts. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite tarot card? 
um, justice right now because there's a lot of emphasis on that in my current charts. But usually I'm just, I'm a major arcana gal, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah. You can't help yourself because I just, you know, I get two of cups a lot. <laughs> Lots of two of cups. <laughs> I'm like, go away. <laughs> That's the worst to get. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I'm just going to nod my head. Yeah, let's just keep <laughs> nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how would you describe your drag performance style? Um, well, it oscillates between glamorous and idiotic. I really, <laughs> yes, I really love to make a joke. I love joking. I'm, I just have always been kind of ham, you know, oriented, um, so I always go towards like, what's the most dumb thing I could possibly do? And yeah, that's kind of, that drives, it's a driving force for me is like, how can I make people laugh and be so stupid? <laughs> I love a good stupid Yeah, because it's oh. so fun. It's like, <laughs> and it's, it's fun for me because then I'm like, I get to make this stuff up and like kind of come through with these like really out there ideas because I just feel like a lot of times I'm like it's really niche I go niche mm. and uh yeah I don't know I'm I'm inspired by the 90s a lot Ooh. a lot of pop cultural references of the 90s yes and uh you know I just yeah I kind of I would like to be satirical so I would say you know more I'm a more satirical kind of like you know, full glam fantasy vampire. <laughs> I adore. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah, a glampire. Um, yeah, that'll work. Right? <laughs> Always. So you have an extensive background in makeup and special effects. How has being a freelance makeup artist affected your drag makeup? Um. Well, you know, I do my face more than anyone else's faces, um, and I just started doing special effects makeup. Uh, this last so for about a year now um, wow. and it's with the crew that I'm in it's just a bunch of my friends that decided again this is like the theme is let's do something really dumb and have fun and make people laugh and lampoon a lot of things so we are the intergalactic Real realtors association and conference <laughs> I was going to ask you what that means. <laughs> IGRAC. Yeah, we're IGRAC uh, at, at IGRAC underscore NOLA on Instagram. Um, and we, are, we, you know, got together and all of us figured out how to do prosthetics. And I've been, like, helping in that regard because these are, like, you know, all my friends are really creative people, but a lot of, a lot of them are not, not necessarily, like, I've done a lot of makeup, you know, so I teach them, you know, and we teach each other and I'm teaching myself all the time. So that's kind of been a really exciting endeavor. And we actually um, have kind of like, I'll let you in on it. And um, we have news that we got hired by Bonnaroo to invade a saloon. Um oh I won't what? give any more details of that. <laughs> we are we're gonna be working in the outer room. We have our own little space in outer room that we're going to be inhabiting and being insane in. So um 
when that gets officially officially announced you guys get the hot inside scoop uh yeah so yeah that's that's kind of the exciting thing on the horizon and that really scratches that itch for me in terms of utilizing my makeup skills and also building skills because i'm working with the elements and against the elements you know because this isn't like a hermetically sealed uh movie set or something Mm -hmm. where there's not weather constraints and that's one of the things that's been a really interesting exploration for this specific endeavor I mean with any drag queen you know or any drag artist period you know that like once the summer hits especially in places that are humid Mm. it's a battle it's a battle royale on Mm. your face and in your body so um yeah it's like I used elements from my experience of performing in full makeup for you know summer outdoor crazy daytime gigs and then you know just really like learning new stuff all the time which has been really exciting but yeah I uh just kind of started learning makeup and I went to a makeup boot camp in 2015 taught by Carrie Herta, who is the key makeup artist designer for um, American horror story. So like a lot oh, of shit. ads that you see um, she's like, you know, she's the head of the team for those designs and things like that. So such a incredible person and really just like rad in general. Um, so I did a, a boot camp with her and then kind of hit the ground running from there. So do you so, have any what go ahead. I was just gonna say I I'm looking at the Instagram now. I'm just very impressed. Yeah. The, I was like, what the, dude, what the hell are you doing? I'm You're like, so literally <laughs> I would never just like go on my phone and ignore you. No, I'm like literally looking because it's uh it's very impressive. So uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm proud of our like everybody always is like, who does your makeup? And we get to say we do we do i love that you know it's very <laughs> cool adore no um i know you're talking about like the elements being against you but you all looked movie quality to me so Thank I, you. i'm here for it yeah god absolutely. bless the you know camera oh. and a big blown out flash i can't say enough about it <laughs> blow me out girl i <laughs> put that light as high mm-hmm. as it can go mm-hmm. smoother out <laughs> especially as i'm getting let's put it in terms as i get finer with age yes you know because you're like in a close-up mirror staring at your own Mm. face all the time it's like oh where'd that come from oh that's new and so i'm just like please put a light right in my face flash on (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Um, as someone who often wears just white foundation, um, mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, oh, the most unforgiving shade. Seriously, don't I know it? They're they're young. It'll be fine. Wait till you wait ten years and then talk. <laughs> or, or anybody already calls me old, so uh, maybe no. I'm ready. <laughs> you're you are old for New York, though. <laughs> because oh they all start at like 19 no they started like 15 what are we talking <laughs> that's about that's true <laughs> the aquarius renewal oh my god <laughs> um what tips would you have for makeup um you know it depends on the scenario but i would say move through it even though there's times where you're just like having a panic attack and being like this looks like 
total garbage, garbage, garbage. I say, keep blending. And as soon as you put on the lash, it's like, oh, I'm actually okay. I'm actually fine. <laughs> it's a lash that really, that ending moment is like, if you can get through those hard things that you're like looking at your face going like, well, that looks horrible. I'm, I'm garbage. This is garbage. Um, just wait till the lash because <laughs> all things will be better. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, good. Oh, oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm impressed that you work with prosthetics because I watch a lot of reality shows about makeup and like everyone struggles with it like horribly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely a challenge, um, but I've, I actually really enjoy it once you like have figured it out. And, you know, I'd spend a lot of time researching products. So, because I'm like, I want to use the best. Yeah, of course. <laughs> also, and, like, it, it's very technique-based, I feel like. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's really, like, you know, again, so there's just such an interesting aspect of our culture because there's just this kind of like Skillshare thing where, you know, it's like a little crunchy because people are like, I want to tell you how to do it, but I also don't. <laughs> and you're like, um, yeah. So I've kind of reached this place in my drag career and just in general, I think, where I feel like, you know, that scarcity mindset or feeling like I have to, I have to do this and it's got to be mine in order to really make an impact, I've kind of phased, starting to phase that part of me out because I feel like it's really, it's helpful for us to share things because nobody's ever going to do something the exact same. It's like, we should be able to tell each other like, hey, you know, if somebody asks me how I do something, I, I love to tell them because I'm just like, I want to help people accomplish something and feel like I like that's what I did like I don't I'm really bad at asking people for help mm. and I'm so impressed when people do that I'm just like of course I'm gonna tell you of course like yes get it you know and yeah it's been an interesting thing in my career specifically is just kind of like you know feeling like this the sharing of it is that I'm still where I am no matter what yeah. I'm, like it's not going to take away from what I have gained I just feel so connected to people when I'm able to give that knowledge and it I don't know it's just such a special I guess shift in perspective of how I want to approach the rest of my professional life you know no definitely I mean it's such a competitive like business that i think mm -hmm. that's where people are coming from but they shouldn't be because like people aren't going to be working on the same projects anyway so yeah. yeah hardly ever so yeah and i have no designs on getting on drag race so <laughs> now save that answer for later yeah don't tell us that now <laughs> we're gonna talk about okay. that a little bit yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. redacted, redacted. <laughs> Mark edit it out <laughs> yeah i'll cut it um our last little question for this segment um what is the drag scene like in New Orleans? Um, it's a really cool scene. I feel like, you know, we try to really get everybody together more. It's like a, there's not as much overlap as I would love to see um, because, you know, we have pageantry and, and, you know, the people that have been 
I would say elder, you know, states, women's and men's of the drag community that have been established for a really long time and they perform at certain places and you know, sometimes you can break into the, you know, they'll like cast you. It's, I just really, I'm very interested in seeing more crossover because I do think like, you know, there's, that's important. Um, but yeah, we have some really rich scenes here. Some like really avant-garde and cutting edge stuff. We have some like really more like theater, full fantasy, like, you know, creation of mini plays. There's a lot to see here. Um, you know, if you want like traditional, you know, park and park or just like a regular lips, you know, there's that there's brunches. There's a lot. I mean, we're really kind of lucky. There's a lot of venues for these shows, you know, some, we, we could always use more. I'm just saying <laughs> we could use more. Let's have more. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like a lot more venues are opening up to drag events and wanting more queer programming, which is really, really affirming, especially in these times. So New Orleans is, I feel like, you know, still asking for more and not, it's not like really showing here, like even though it's right next door in Texas. And mm. So. Are there places you would recommend for like, tourists like myself to go absolutely <laughs> um you know if you want to see something more you know a lot of different kinds of things and more theatrical or avant-garde or things that are you know I guess more modern or whatever I don't know just like there's a lot of different things going on at the always lounge there's plays there's burlesque there's live bands there's tons of drag um so, you know, I would always say the always. Um, and then I, I'm going to say for people to come to the Music Box as well, the Music Box Village, because I have my uh, once a month uh, drag brunch that is all ages that I am going to plug because <laughs> it's an incredible event and we have so much fun. And it's such a loving environment. And I just, I can't say enough about that exchange. I see it in the, the peop, the patrons and I see it in the performers, like how nourishing that is in that exchange. So yeah, Brunchzilla at the music box. Um, and then, you know, old school stuff. I mean, not even old school. Let's just say traditional. Let's edit that. Traditional. <laughs> you know, more pageant drag and mm -hmm. brunchy stuff. Um, you know, obviously the Golden Lantern has a long running show there. And then the country club always has a thriving drag brunch as well on the weekends. And yeah, I think nighttime cabaret style shows, you're going to go to the always lounge. And then if you want a brunch experience, you can go to the country club or the music box for my, brunch that's all ages or you know go into the golden lantern or grand prix and see some you know pageant drag i want to go it's, <laughs> there's, tons. there's tons everywhere yeah it it's really fun. great <laughs> yeah anywhere that they'll have a show we will have it like we're gonna find Beautiful. it yeah. as, <laughs> it as it should be 
Um, on that note, I think we should take our first little break. Yeah. And we'll talk more all things New Orleans. So we'll be right yeah. back, kids. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wig, okay. And we're back. We're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, me and Caitlin are being cryptic to our guest. <laughs> we're really not trying to. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> um, I love I a mystery, I, though. Yeah, I, I guess the New Orleans spooky like, yeah, yeah, is creeping in. <laughs> um, I, I think we're just, you know, saving genuine reactions. And I think that's okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um but getting into it um you were the creator um and i guess producer of the cyber distancing um can you tell us all about that yeah um co-creator and co-producer oh, of beautiful. cyber distancing with um my friend and an incredible performer in town lavo contraire mm. um yeah we were kind of we had the idea that you know, things are starting to shut down and we both had one last show together before everything just kind of went bye-bye. And we both at the same time were like, we should do something online. We should do an online show. And then literally the next day we met and then came up with the whole concept and then launched it basically very shortly after that. So it was like, I think we got it all done in like two weeks oh damn yeah it was insane um and so as many drag artists know that during the pandemic you had to teach yourself video editing and directing and you know it's it was a lot it was a lot of you know especially if it wasn't you know your forte or something that you already knew it was something that you were like teaching yourself in the moment actively like working on all of that and you know this zoom everything zoom was you know the thing and so we had our show which we were like we should do an online festival and feature it like have I think we start we started out with three days sometimes we did two but like we just pretty much kept it Friday Saturday and Sunday oh wow oh and it was just us like just Laveau and I so we were doing all of like the editing and everything like we did our own videos and like it was all of the hosting put getting on I can't even really fathom the amount of work now looking back that we did we just kept ourselves so busy all like we were on the phone with each other and on the computer all day long every day leading up to it making like you know just emailing people and corresponding and you know coordinating large groups of performers for several days so it was really really important for us and a lot of performers and we I don't know how this even happened but you know we were I'm sorry bitch pudding but we were the first it's true um we did we were like (laughs) I mean you're not like that they had any shade or anything from us but yeah or vice versa you know it was just like because they're drag rate or uh, you know dragula yeah dragula royalty so they're gonna get a lot of attention which is totally how it is and 
So, but we had somebody from Rolling Stone contact us and I was just like, are you like, how did you even hear about us? Like, this is insane. So, um, yeah, we did it for eight months. Oh my God. Yeah. And we were working together every day (laughs) for eight months on this, like, you know, it was a massive undertaking. And to be honest, it was, we should have done RuPaul's online stuff because we actually, we slayed it. We, we were, anyone could have done a better job. (laughs) It was really good. Um, You know, and I'm really proud of it. And, you know, Laveau and I have just like such this incredible bond because of that experience too because we were we were friends but we weren't like so so close we were just you know and I just I can't imagine having done that with anybody else Um, but yeah it was just so incredible and like we had people reaching out to us from the UK and Theresa May before Theresa May was even on UK Drag Race we were just like oh this person's amazing cool they want to be like they want to submit this video that's great like (laughs) I'm sorry they didn't get more views, <laughs> but it was like, you know, too hyper local acclaim, you know, I think people just, it, people got really fatigued with um, Zoom and so I think yeah. that was to our detriment, but not to the detriment of the quality of the videos. I mean, like all the performers just really turned it out. It was incredible to see the work and the concepts come through. And so, you know, we did our best to give as much money as we could to the always lounge the venue and because they let us perform there you know like during this time like we would be very careful about having performers staggered and it was just like one person on the stage and every like two camera people are masked and like it was such a wild I didn't realize you were recording live we did some of them Ish. live. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, live, we re- we pre- live recording. <laughs> yeah, it was a live recording, but like not performing. Not, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So yeah, we had that as an option for people. And we had these two incredible uh, videographers that had, you know, graciously taken a minimal amount of payment to do this work for us. And, you know, it was just, it was a really special time people really came together and helped each other create work, you know? Um, but yeah. So it's cool to look back at those videos. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that you'll probably always have forever because Absolutely. Yeah. it's on video. <laughs> Can't mm-hmm. say that about most track. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we have those, um, we've been talking about doing like an actual live cyber distancing and like showing all of this incredible work that like a lot of people didn't necessarily get to see it and I feel like they should because these videos are really good and so we were Mm -hmm. definitely you know thinking about doing that live at some point and just showing the videos yeah absolutely bring it to Brooklyn (laughs) we would we would (laughs) we're invited great I love it Oh we'll, we'll find a venue. Yeah, well, we'll speaking it. of Brooklyn, this kind of goes into our next topic. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so you've been a performer at Bushwick South. What is Bushwick South? I yeah, so Bushwick <laughs> came to New Orleans. They did one show down. Yeah, Bushwick came to New Orleans. So it was Bushwick South. Um, and like 
Kimberly Clark performed myself, like a lot of other performers that are local here. And then, you know, Charlene was hosting, uh, Christine performed. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. And it was at this really weird warehouse space that was formerly the Chewbacca den. It's called Castillo Blanco, but yeah, it was, um, Sounds like Bushwick. Yeah, it was like (laughs) a, it was funny, like fun party, total chaos. It was really fun. What year was this? Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, I want to say 2017, 18, something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everything before 2020 kind of blends. Yeah. Yeah, No. Honestly, everything after 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say time. What is it? <laughs> Every wobbly, at some point. Time you yeah, stuff. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I think it was like 2018. Okay, um, that sounds about right for them. Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. It, yeah. I'm sure that's. Right. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. it was. It was really wild and fun, but yeah, we got to bring you to Brooklyn Bushwick. Oh, absolutely! I would love to. They oh love God. getting international performers. They will not let local girls perform anymore. They choose um international people before local girls. So right, I can Mark say, Cindy Apple wants to perform. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and then actually, I should just bring Candy Candy out. Yeah, these days because I do. I have done this several times where I just I become various other characters. Crystal Ambrosia is one of them, you know, mother of mother and father. There, there's just like a lot of, a lot of people living inside of this. Well, that kind of goes into our next topic, which is <laughs> you're, you're the founding member of Makeup Improv Plus Drag. Um, yeah, one of one of the original and founding members. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of us back in 2016 performers um, were like. Two of the performers, uh, Napoleon Complex and Dolly Pardon, uh, were there are a couple, and they they had a, you know really extensive improv background, and we're like, what if we started a all drag performer improv troupe? Because oh, we don't, there isn't one out there that at that time there was nothing. So we were just like, that would be awesome, and we did it for years i mean we did it until i think our last show was in 2021 and yeah it was in the fall of 2021 and to this day i'm still like when are we gonna bring it back it's time for a bring reunion it, it hasn't even been like it's been like september was our last show and i'm just like so what reunion all it, <laughs> it was just unbelievable fun and really I can't that just took my performance and self to the next level. I think, um, you know, I was always really interested in being a, you know, performer my whole life. I always wanted to be on stage, even though I maybe would just pretend like I didn't want to be. And then, um, you know, that thing, that crisis that happens where you're like, I hate everything I'm saying and doing what am I doing? And you're like, but I can't help but be on stage, but also I hate me, you know? Um, Improv helped me start to not feel that way all the time, but also feel confident in scenarios where I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. 
Um, I'm not overthinking. I'm, you know, actively listening. Yes. Anding. And I just can't recommend it enough for performers. Like do improv classes. It's going to take you to the next level. I agree. I agree too. I've had a few in my day, but who knows? They're re- it's really <laughs> fun too. And so, yeah, we just did a lot of uh, short form games and one in particular that is a crowd favorite um, is sex with me, mm-hmm. which where you ask for a, a um, suggestion from the audience, like, okay, here, here, we can just, I'll try it. Uh, something that you find in your fridge. Oat milk. milk. Oat milk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, sex with me is like oat milk. How do they make it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like sex with me is like oat milk. It's really popular. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that where you're like thinking of, you know, things in regards to that. But like everybody loves and it is such a fun game for uh, sex. Sex with me is like oat milk it's slightly too expensive <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god <laughs> I, you know just had to just had to do it Ugh. i'm like should we use this as one of our games when we have reoccurring games? oh absolutely, <laughs> it's I, think absolutely. Such a fun game. I think we might steal it <laughs> you yeah. have to it's such a great game everybody can play it you know even people that are like i don't know how to do improv you're like it just Every, the moment you start a sentence with sex with me, it's gonna come to you. Exactly, love. I like that. Or come on you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> much <laughs> like much like oat milk. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an active member of the nonprofit social aid cl- club Crew of Red Beans, where you volunteer and work as a full time muralist. Tell yeah. Um. So. The crew of Red Beans, um, they are a, first of all, they started as a parade crew. Um, What we have here in New Orleans, you know, we have social aid and pleasure clubs. And those are, uh, you know, groups that do community organized events. It's, you know, it's originated in the the Black community. And um, they do, you know, they're there to get people together they have a you know a clubhouse kind of situation where folks can meet um and if you're a member of the crew and they have on second line sundays uh they you know parade and so in a second line i don't know if you're familiar with those at all Mm -hmm. but for us it is you know the crew red beans i'm is like kind of you know an homage to that idea and we are a parade crew that is based on the idea of, uh, you know, kind of playing with Lundy Gras. Let me just start over. This is like really hard <laughs> to just type. I know okay. we're, we're so out of the loop with this. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm like trying to like, there's a lot of New Orleans. Emph- okay. So let's yeah. cut that. Okay. it's okay it. you're good uh, yeah i'm trying to like figure out how to describe this to people that wouldn't be aware of it. okay so um the crew of red beans is an organization that started out as a parade crew and now is working in um you know social aid and does a lot of 
community outreach and charitable works. And so at the top of the pandemic, so we've been around for, I think it's like, I want to say like 15, 18 years or something. I think, you know, Devin, the, the founder started it back then. So it's like, I think it's 18 years. Um, and so it's in kind of paying homage to second line culture, but also to uh, the black masking Indians, Mardi Gras Indians culture, as well as, um, you know, we use red beans and we parade on Lundi Gras, which is Monday. And traditionally in New Orleans, you serve red beans and rice on Monday. So we are the crew that we're red beans. So gotcha. red beans yeah. and rice are utilized in our costumes. So we use dried beans, lentils, rice, you name it, any, any legume. We, we we put it on costumes and create art wearable art pieces with it and you know on monday we will be parading you know very soon that's happening um and so it's just incredible to see what people come up with but this crew specifically has gotten you know we've expanded a ton um at the top of the pandemic devon is just such a you know community minded person and the whole crew is really community oriented. Um, so when the pandemic hit, he organized feed the frontline, which got musicians and out of work artists to deliver food to frontline workers. And so we would take donations from various organizations or private parties and then give that money to local restaurants that weren't able to be open. And then we would hire musicians and artists that were out of work um, and culture bearers to deliver food to the frontline workers. So it was just like this very full circle kind of like get the community mobilized and also like help each other. And so raised a ton of money and fed like, all of the hospital staff all over New Orleans. So they then started Feed the Second Line, which is specific to getting groceries to our culture bearers in New Orleans, which are like, you know, important people in Mardi Gras, black masking Indian culture and like, you know, Second Line culture specifically. So um, that organization is still happening and red beans actually just purchased a big warehouse. That's going to be a community space, all ages where people can like, you know, black masking Indians can come work on their suits for Mardi Gras day. And, and uh, you know, artists are hired to create works and I'm an artist that has been hired to create an eight foot by eight foot bean mural and a seven foot by seven foot bean mural. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we're going to have events for kids and, and all ages and also use that as a space for the community to have um, meetings and, you know, we get together and bean and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really uh, a community hub for our neighborhood and really, you know, focused on outreach and, it's just a, an incredible organization and I'm so proud to be part of it. 
and also I can just show you because I'm sitting right next please. to it what yes, I please. made. I mean, sorry for the listener. Uh, that's fine. We'll I'll try to y'all. we'll try to describe it. I guess you can describe it. So every year I'm kind of addicted to puns, like I had told you earlier. Um, and the one of my favorite things about this crew is that puns are very encouraged. <laughs> and so you know everything having to do with being anything rice like last year i was lady fava instead of lady gaga um <laughs> and uh the year before that i was susie in the bean shoes oh my goodness <laughs> and this year i i'm doing freddie mercury you know instead of queen it's bean oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing. Yeah. I'm closing the Zoom right now. <laughs> so I just I'm gonna take a a nice that. Yep, I did take individual grains of rice and oh, that's rice them on his face to create that. Um. So yes, gentle listener, I had to stop in the middle of that and go. Am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Is this normal? You know, and that's the the essence of Mardi Gras and like the essence of drag in general. You actually stop in the middle of what you're doing at certain points and you go, what am I doing? (laughs) Have have you, do you stone outfits for yourself? I do. Okay. I I see similarities as someone who's also stoned stuff before. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, drag queens would really excel at beaming. (laughs) you know because you're just like i can Mm -hmm. sit and have a show on probably twilight one (laughs) and just oh my god um we're learning so much about nolan uh culture because um yeah second line uh is a new term for me i know about red beans and rice Mm -hmm. because i'm also from the south um but second line's new to me crew's new to me um And it's uh, K-R-E-W-E. Yes. So. I, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. Caitlin has it in our outline. I was just like, Creary? It's funny. Like, you know, let me just say, Siri and I have, we have a lot of moments where I'm just like, would you just let me spell it that way? Good God. <laughs> oh, so annoying. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so we talked about a lot about your drag, but we're also going to talk about out of drag. You perform as Kate Swan, singing and songwriting with multiple bands, um, New Orleans folk band, The Wanting, and you sing back up for the Jen Howard band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So The Wanting, um, it was myself and my best friend, Chris Jacob and Chad Raban. And then we had a kind of a few other players that would play on that record but the three of us would do close harmonies and um yeah we actually we played jazz fest in 2019 and then we were supposed to play jazz fest 2020 um but yeah so we're not actually still doing music but you can still check out our music um anywhere that is streamed um it's you know really a project close to my heart and I really love singing and that was one of the things that I was really missing during the pandemic was not being able to sing with people um and so 
last year, my friend Jen, who was my massage client first a long time ago and has always been a really incredible vocalist, was like, okay, so can you sing with me now? Are you ready? And I just was like, okay, I don't know if I can keep up with these. Like, this is a, a, a departure from folk sounds. Like, this is like, you know, runs. And she's like, you know, she's got that kind of voice. It's, I mean, people are constantly asking her to cover like Bobby McGee and stuff. So <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I don't know if I can sing like that, but you know, um yeah so we actually just got invited to jazz fest this year so i get to go again with a different band and that's gonna be so exciting but uh, yeah um i love doing that and yeah i love singing i love singing back up that's really all i want to do you've seen 20 feet from stardom Yes, that's a really oh my good documentary. God. I think well, about that documentary a lot, actually. Yeah. I do, too. It's <laughs> like, that that was it for me. Like, I had always been more interested in being a backup singer than anything else, because I'm just addicted to singing harmonies. It's such a fun thing to do, and having that lock-in with a voice, mm. and, like, that feeling is just, there's nothing like it. Um, so, yeah, I... Yeah, that movie just kind of, like solidified things I was like I really want to do this I don't want to be the lead but in drag I do <laughs> you know so I get to scratch that itch with drag where I'm like no it's just me <laughs> and, and otherwise I'm like please just you and I'll be over here <laughs> you know you've never sung in drag I have yeah I have. okay <laughs> there is a, there is crossover okay good but it, I, it's not my preferred Mm -hmm. mode i'd rather make up a funny song or do a lot i do a lot of parodies if i'm gonna sing i'd rather do a parody than try to sing like lady gaga or something <laughs> you know oh, yeah. um well on that note i think we should take our last little break and we'll get into our usual little wrap-up kids bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Wig, okay. I know, wig, I feel that already. Wig, okay. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. <laughs> I am ready for my wig to go flying. And transition. Hi, kids. We're back. We're back. Ooh. What a lovely break, as usual. Um, my least favorite question i'm sure this is your i'm gonna question. ask it because no. i, I want to no i'm gonna oh. ask because i want to add to it <laughs> okay fine go for it oh. okay <laughs> here we go here we go so do you think you will ever be on drag race dragula or painted by raven <laughs> oh man i don't know uh i mean i would definitely not say no <laughs> <laughs> if they were like we would like to have you um would you ever audition for any of them? I don't know. Part of me, like if, you know, right now, I've, my brain is so crazy overloaded with Mardi Gras stuff that I'm like, yeah. how could I possibly find time when I'm hot gluing beans to things? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've i auditioned for things. Mm -hmm. I, I, you don't have to tell I us. Don't, I feel <laughs> yeah. like really guilty for saying this, but 
I've, I haven't done a lot of auditions be- okay. lately because people just ask me to do stuff and I love Hell yeah. that. Hell yeah. So mm-hmm. let's continue that trend. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, it's not that I don't, it's just that it's lovely. Then when it comes, you know, I'm an open vessel. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I don't really have big aspirations to be on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, part of me, I think it, I, I auditioned not because again, I didn't, I didn't audition because I wanted to, I got asked to audition for this Disney show, um, that, mm-hmm is based on food art. So it was a food art competition show that actually Ooh. did come out. Kiki Palmer um, is the host of it. it. It was a very different thing from what they pitched us initially. Um, I obviously didn't get on it. No, uh, okay. no problem there. Um, but yeah, I did two, two whole runs of auditions over Zoom and built a baby Yoda out of chicken nuggets. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so let's just say I've seen a, li- a little glimpse of yeah. like that's a you know Disney's like a big that's like a big time thing, and mm-hmm. so I felt the process out, and I saw like kind of how that is, and like they're like where and I I have no shame in saying this. They were like, okay, so you guys built us this like. You know, because each of there was three of us, and we each had to build something out of food, and this was like, you know, twenty twenty, and so I was just like, okay, yeah, like we're building these like statues of things out of food, and then they were like, okay, now we would love for you guys to build something that's like around four feet tall each, and I just wrote them a really kind email and was like, you know, love this opportunity. <laughs> But we're all poor artists oh. in the middle of a pandemic. You think we can all just buy a bunch of food to waste for mm-hmm. you to decide whether and like, you know, and I said, of course, in a very nice way, but I was yeah. just like, it just was really mind boggling to me that they would be like three people building and who, who knows how many other people they had auditioning for this building, like something that's at least four feet tall out of food that you're not going to eat. Mm. like yeah. you're not gonna eat that no like, the, the stuff that they were asking us to build and all of us were like we're n- we have no culinary experience i was like can i use glue on it and they were like yeah you can use whatever you want oh so like the food was not edible you know it was totally i did the wrong thing and glued a chicken nugget using Oh God, I hate to even say this because I can still smell it just thinking about it. I glued a chicken nugget to another chicken nugget using a uh, two-part epoxy and Oof. that smell, oof, wow. <laughs> so just, you know, future advice to anybody deciding to build something out of food. Do not epoxy actual food to other food. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Lordy, Okay. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> I am too. It was disgusting. <laughs> anyway, think- so yeah, the long story short, <laughs> I would totally do, you know, the Painted by Raven show. I love Raven. Um, I think I it would kill it. I would love to do something like that. I just, I'm not really, I don't I would love to see you on Globe, but it's the UK. Oh, cute. I don't but- know if I'm a competition person. 
Ooh, I think I you know. can do it. I think you okay. have the right. I think you have the right reality personality, which is wow. a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> right, I, I, I think you would be good for it. Thanks. I appreciate it. That's really nice. <laughs> um, so you talked a little bit about some of the shows that you do in New Orleans. Do you have any future upcoming projects to promote? Um, so definitely, you know, the all ages drag brunch that I have at the Music Box Village. Um, I will have that coming up in April on uh April 23rd, I believe is the Sunday. Um, and that is from 11 until one at the music box village in new Orleans, Louisiana. It is very fun, very cute and features a great variety of performers and yeah. And there's food and it's outdoors. It's really cute. So yeah. And then of (laughs) course the, super secret Bonnaroo thing that's coming up, you know, <laughs> see y'all at Bonnaroo at Outeroo. And then, uh, you know, jazz fest. Come see me at jazz fest, May 4th. Oh, hell yeah. May the 4th be with me. <laughs> <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my God. Um, next question is also yours, Caitlin. Yeah, I know. I kind of took over. Sorry. You're good. It's because I wanted to add that extra part. Um, so what's the best advice you've been given either in drag or about drag, either given to you or you've given someone else? Um, always have fresh breath. <laughs> it's a thing. It's real. I mean, you're mm-hmm. it's like a public facing job no matter what way you want to package it. And I think that it is great to have I always like have a little bottle of Listerine or chew some gum. I try to have some fresh breath up in here, you know, because people are going to get, a, they're going to get up in your face regardless. Like it's a club, you know, they're like, Hey, and then, you know, so yeah, fresh breath is cute. And also I'm just going to controversial opinion perform sober. Like It's not that controversial in New York. City. I mean, <laughs> you know, don't, like don't be messy don't fall off the stage <laughs> well like... do if i want some content you know yeah to, yeah yeah we all need it once in a while yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely i'm not i'm not i'm not here to police people's lives you know i'm just saying like you know sometimes it's cute to not be wasted <laughs> while you're doing a performance i agree i, I agree a thousand percent for both um one of the venues I work at has a big bottle of Listerine in the back with like little cups. They're like, they literally have a sign that's like, don't be gross. Yes! <laughs> so, which venue is that? Work. They also once had a deodorant stick back there, which I think is just as important as oh. not having your breath stink. 100,000%. Yeah. What venue was uh, that? I'll, t- I'll tell you later. Oh, okay. Oh! It's like a secret? No. <laughs> okay. Um. Which brings to me to my our, our next question, my favorite question. Um, Tara, mm-hmm. do you have a tantalizing tale of nightlife? Um, something crazy that's happened. <gasps> story for us. Well, gosh, you know, um, <laughs> I once was in a show. Where, uh, gosh, there was some, you know, in, in, in New Orleans, there's 
a variety of things can happen and then like a lot of different places depending upon the venue um in in some venues they let anything goes anything you know what i mean so you could be performing after somebody that is like pulling things out of things or you know going going number one or number two or what it is this crazy you know punk rock style stuff um and uh i remember getting on stage after a performer once and i was like i don't know it was just such a chaotic late night show that we were just like kind of going really fast into the next performances and i remember going off after this performer and I was like down on the stage and like doing some things and I like got up and was like, that's really weird. But anyway, so I got through my whole number and realized that like they had, I think accidentally wet themselves during their number because I definitely rolled around in pee. Oh, that wasn't mine. Oh. Um, and so I don't know if it was an accident. I think maybe that I can't remember if they had done it intentionally or something, but it was, yeah, I think that's my, I'm not going to say who it was or why it happened, but I definitely have uh, rolled around in other people's urine <laughs> and not by choice. Donald Trump would be proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and believe me, I really work for that approval. Right? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God. That's a new yeah. one. We've heard a lot of stories. That's a new one for us. I yeah. Think. We usually get a lot of poop. So this is our first pee story. So oh, thank you. Yeah. Which is, I mean, by far, I would take a wee over a poo. Definitely. Any day. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I hate a number two story. Oof. <laughs> I think the world has heard enough of those at this point. We're good. We're good. I agree. I agree. Do you mind the last one, Mark, here? No, you can do it. It's your question. Okay. Yeah. That's up to you. Um, okay, so last question of the show. Where do you want to take your drag in the future? Anywhere that people will take me and pay me good. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take me? Somewhere, give me a hot paycheck. I'll do it. A performer but, after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> Love. <laughs> as long as they're, of course, in alignment with our, you know, ethics and things. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I, the exciting thing about this and being at this kind of level in terms of, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot, is like, it's been a gradual incline. And I love a gradual incline. And I think that there's a lot of you know merit to that like the the leveling up because you're gaining skills you're gaining experience and you know seeing a level up moment I think I would take a level up gradual like incline over like an immediate shot to stardom because the pressure to maintain that incredibleness is just wow I'd rather get there and when I'm 89 and have like a Coco Chanel haircut and lots of severe makeup I can't wait to be like I've made it <laughs> I really finally got there <laughs> you know I'm ready for it like give me that gradual level up any day I don't need to be famous 
but I will be someday. <laughs> Absolutely. Infamous. Infamous. Yeah, at least something. <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, thank you so much for being on our show. Yay. It was a pleasure getting to know thank you. Thank you so oh, much for having me. Of course. Um, where can the kids find you online? Oh, they can find me on the Instagrams. I'm pretty active on there. It's Tara, T-A-R-A-H underscore cards, C-A-R-D-S. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you again. It was yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Um, I was Martyr. I see Tepper. And this was Winnegan. a little bit. Bye. I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Drag the Martyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you. <laughs>